Welcome to today's episode, Just the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. Uh, yeah, we've missed a few episodes, but that's okay. We've been busy as we are in the uh, COVID still here, but I guess we don't care anymore level of society. Um, so anyway, it's true. Uh, this will be a hopefully shorter episode because well, once again, Corwin and I have things to do. Um, so actually, maybe we should start with that because the the thing that one of us has to do tonight uh, is root for their team in the Eastern Conference Final <laughs> as the New York Rangers uh, have made the semifinal before the the the, the penultimate series before the fa- Stanley Cup, winning their series against the. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. God, I keep wanting to say Panthers so bad. You have no idea. Um, in a seven-game series that went all seven games, um, and their first game against the Tampa Bay Lightning is tonight as we're recording this on Wednesday, June June 1st at about 6.20 p.m. here on the East Coast. So this game starts in like an hour and a half. Um, man, a series that went all seven games twice. So the Rangers uh, could have played at most 14 games so far in this postseason, and have played 14 games so far this postseason. in direct contrast to the Tampa Bay lightning who had a clean sweep of their uh, second round opponent, the Florida Panthers and uh, what can only be described as a shellacking um, man. Corbin, did you watch any of it? Uh, I watched the highlights. There were other series that honestly just had more fireworks. Um, and boy, I will say, what a part of me was kind of peeved that it was the Rangers playing and not the Penguins. Uh, but that being said, um, boy, I can't wait to see the Lightning just shellac the Rangers. Uh, well, it'll, it will definitely be an interesting series. This is certainly going to be a, a goaltender's matchup um, as Andre Vasilevsky has been just his usual bullshit self. Um, he has played in the postseason 11 games, record of eight and three. He has allowed uh, 25 goals on 368 shots. Um, which is good for a safe percent of 932. It's been disgusting. Uh, one shutout in there. I, I mean, just it's been gross. It's been fucking gross. No one likes it. Just stop it. Um, let's see if I can get you his uh, appearances for, for this year. Um, but yeah, it's been insane. On the other side of the ice counter to him will be Igor Shosturkin, who's played in 14 games so far this postseason, three more than Vasilevsky, um, record of eight and five. He has allowed tw- 37 goals, so more games played, but still more goals allowed, thanks to you, Pittsburgh, um, by 12. However, Vasilevsky only faced 368 shots. <laughs> Igor Shosturkin has faced 511 shots in his 14 games. You're welcome. Gross. So actually their save percents are off from each other by only 0.004 as Shesterkin's save percent is 928, uh, just shot just below um, Vasilevsky's 932. Um, his goals against average, though, is much higher. 
268 as compared to Vasilevsky's 222. Uh, again, that's the difference between having it be percentage one based on percentage of shots and one based on goals allowed per game, which, you know, rate versus counting. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, I because if we look at it from and again, it's a little bit tough because when you're looking at points, obviously, the, again, the fact that the Rangers have played more games weighs into the points conversation. But uh, the highest there are only two players on the Lightning that have more than 10 points in the playoffs so far. Nikita Kucherov with 15 and Victor Hedman with 10, their defenseman. That's it. That is it. No one else has double-digit points. The Rangers have five such players. Mika Zibanejad, who has the third most points in the postseason with 19. Adam Fox with 18. Andrew Kopp, which is hilarious, with 12. Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin, each with nine. Sorry, each with 11. Uh, and Strom has nine. That's where I was looking. So I, I genuinely think this is going to be a good matchup. Obviously, one could have said the same thing about the Florida Panthers matchup, which the Lightning proceeded to sweep, um, which, again, goddamn, the president's curse will never be lifted. President's trophy curse. Um but I do think this is going to be, I don't think this will be a shellacking if we're being honest here, Corwin. I, I think the Rangers have a pretty, pretty nice, pretty nice chance. Before we uh, get into it, because you mentioned so much about the mighty save percentages of both Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterkin, the juxtaposition of this series versus Edmonton, uh, Colorado is just mind blowing. How both of these teams in the Eastern Conference Finals are fueled by their unstoppable brick walls of goaltenders. And I would not be surprised if you had told me that Colorado Edmonton started with empty nets for both teams. Well, that's the thing that's got me annoyed as a Rangers fan because a lot of um, fucking Canes and Pens fans on Twitter have been like, oh, well, they've only faced backup goalies. And it's like, is Colorado Edmonton any fucking better? Edmonton scored six goals and lost no. the game the other day. You you can't be annoyed for having such an un, like a world beater at goaltender because we have to play you and you have no right to win. But we just can't get a single shot to go in the net. And it's just some bullshit. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> also, you chase Igor in two games, so <laughs> you chased yeah. him twice. So I don't want to hear it from you. My point is that, yeah, like, well, like, whatever. The Rangers not having faced real goaltending. There's not much real goal. A good, good goaltender is about as rare in the NHL as a true number one starting pitcher is in the MLB. In MLB, not all 32 teams have it. So, again. Edmonton scored, you muted yourself. Edmonton scored six goals and lost. 14 goals got scored just in this most recent game, in the first game of the series for that, that matchup. Fucking hilarious. I am going to be heartbroken when it inevitably, you know, one of these teams falls. We go to the Stanley Cup finals and just we're left with this muddy, mucky, grimy, dirty, just ugly series for the finals. And it's like, well, 
Can we go back to the, that other series? That was so much more fun to watch. It took the Rangers and the Hurricanes four entire games to reach 14 goals between the two of them. It took Edmonton and Colorado one game, <laughs> one game to hit 14 goals. But now, so as a, I don't want to say neutral fans, hockey turning into basketball. One could only hope. Um, I, I don't, it, you know, you're not truly neutral because the Rangers did have to go through the Penguins on their way to their position. But I'm curious as to your opinion, because I would think that this is true for any sport. No one likes to see too many repeat champions or even too many repeat uh, contenders for a title. And if the Lightning were to advance past the Rangers to the Stanley Cup final, it would be their third straight appearance, having won the last two, setting them up for the potential of a three-peat. And again, I know you're not completely neutral because the Rangers did have to beat you and we're in the division. So again, there's not true neutrality oh, there. But Don't get me wrong. I am 100% team Rangers when it comes to them playing Tampa Bay. And, and see, that that's my question. Is it's like, I... I, I obviously know like other teams hate the Rangers more than they hate the lightning. Their Rangers are an older team. They play in New York. Like there's many reasons to hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Jacob Truba, the entire city of Pittsburgh loathes that even, man and his bad, big ass elbows. <laughs> my dad, like one of the first things he said to me when I saw him yesterday was like, yeah, Jacob Truba, man, asshole. <laughs> He's a Rangers fan. He used to be a season ticket holder. He put spikes in those elbows. Um, but yeah, it's like cause it, that's that's pretty universal, you know, like across any sports, even from neutral fans. Like if uh, who's a team I don't give a fuck about in baseball, the fucking Rockies, Like if they all of a sudden made three straight World Series, I have no feelings about the Rockies right now. I mean, they're bad. So obviously this wouldn't happen. But in a world in which they were good, man, I would just fucking. Like I held no opinion of like the Astros before they got good. They were just the other team in the AL West. And then they got really good. It's like, ah, I'm fucking, I'm fucking done. Like just knock it off. And they cheated. And they did. Yeah. Or like the golden, golden state warriors fatigue. You know what I mean? Like that was a big thing. I mean, it's happening again, but, uh, or the, or LeBron fatigue for that matter. You know, like there's a fatigue with seeing, Mm -hmm the same team or the same guy in the championships and for the lightning to be there a third time in a row. Ugh. Did people ever get fatigued of the Patriots? No, no, no. That's America's team. Oh, right. Because everyone loves Tom Brady and Bill Belichick universally beloved. It's like Santa Claus and Mr. Rogers, just like sharing a space of love and warmth. And super not creepiness. They never kiss their kids on the mouths. Wait, so Tom, wait, so Santa Claus and uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers, open mouth kissed and lived together. What? (laughs) (laughs) Why do they have those super special robes? Easy access, baby. Why does everything they own have no ass? I don't get it. Honestly, the pajamas Santa Claus always wears, it's got the flap. Okay, Mrs. Claus. 
Okay. Yeah. What kind of podcasts are Welcome we to Pride talking? Month. <laughs> Santa Claus is getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> it's our first episode bit. of Pride Month. Uh, it's a good start. But yeah, so it'll be an it'll be an interesting matchup. The Rangers series against Carolina was um, one of those hilarious phenomenons, phenomenons, phenomenon, phenomena in sports, Phenomenum. which is um, boy, how do can this team not seem to win on the road? which was true of both Carolina and New York. And it's one of those hilarious things because if you were to, I think if you were to tell someone who'd never experienced a sport before that teams playing the same sport with the same equipment, they always play in same formations. They always play in same conditions. They always play. Everything's the same, but the location was different. And that that would so dramatically affect performance. I think that person would tell you you're a fucking idiot. And yet we see it all the time. And this was another one of those series that happens in baseball and basketball and any series based sport, especially for postseason, where we are only winning at home. And for so for the first six games of the series, Hurricanes won at home. Rangers won at home. Mm-hmm. Going into game seven. And that makes the game seven so odd because it's like when the when the Rangers and the Penguins went to game seven, both teams had won on the road already. So there wasn't this additional, like, I guess, mental thing of can you fucking do it? Like, can, can you even fucking do it? What the fuck's your fucking problem? It's a different house. You, you why can't you why can't you fucking do it at this house? You're too good for your home. Like, imagine, imagine you like you're a fucking grade A chef and they put you in a different kitchen and you're like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do it. What is Where's the stove? Head? Where's the stove? How do you make noodles? Where's the water? Like, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And um, <laughs> so luckily, fortunately for, for, um, for our country, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Rangers came out swinging Um and took down the hurricanes with almost no resistance at <laughs> a score of six to two. Um, thank God. But it was such an odd buildup and it felt like it was building up towards what happened game seven of the Rangers penguin series, which is uh, they're going to go to fucking extra goddamn overtime. And it's going to have to be that, that bullshit, which um, yeah, th- thank God. Cause that sucked. Uh, yeah, such for different reasons for each of us. Yeah, well, that heart condition is not good for anybody. Are you surprised that the Hurricanes didn't end up taking this series? Uh, I am. Uh, but at the same time, their collapse was pretty hilarious. Uh, they kind of just forgot how to play hockey. Um, when you're playing that poorly uh, i'm not really surprised you lost the series i'm more su- like going into it if you told me it would have ended up the way it ended up i would have been holy shit that's insane no way but actually like seeing it happen was like yeah they they don't deserve to win and they shouldn't win yeah it was a very a very stilted performance um from from both teams both teams showing a large like incapacity or a large lack of capacity to, to induce any type of scoring. Um, 
Hurricanes forecheck was amazing and they really had good solid puck control, but they were incapable of seeming uh, to, to, to actually turn any of their copious amounts of possession time and passing into anything that looked like a real a possible scoring attempt. Whereas the Rangers played a very good defensive game, which was honestly really shocking to see, especially based off of how they played the Penguins, which was um, the Penguins are like a great job of producing chaos, which forced the Rangers to be in really poor defensive alignment allowing the Penguins to get a lot of great scoring chances. Um, whereas the Rangers or the Hurricanes just didn't just didn't do that. It seemed like I, I'm not really great at identifying plays as they develop within uh, games for hockey, but whatever they were doing must have felt pretty easy to spot from the Rangers bench because the Rangers had like one formation that they used for, for defense the whole series and every time it worked and it looked like the Hurricanes never changed anything. And then when the Rangers got a scoring attempt, they fucking knocked that sucker in. So it was hilarious looking at, actually, I wonder if I can find time, time uh, zone time for each team. Cause I, I swear to you, the hurricanes must've spent twice the amount of time in the Rangers. And as the Rangers spent uh, in on Carolina's side, like it wasn't even, I don't think it was even close. Uh, oh, Siri summary. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it. Yeah. Are you going to are you going to be tuning into the other series, the Edmonton uh, fucking Denver series at all? Colorado series? If you're talking, I can't hear you, buddy. Jesus, I was holding it down instead of pushing it up. Um, I honestly think I'll be watching that almost exclusively just because entertainment wise, I think watching, you know, 14 goals a game versus maybe one or two is just a way better, you know, use of time when, uh, uh, I'm not a huge Rangers fan. Definitely don't like the, uh, lightning. So not, not the series for me between the two. Oh no, you don't think so. No. What a shame. Um, oh, that's a whole playoff summary. Yeah, damn, I really can't find it. What a shame. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah, so it'll be exciting. I have no idea what to expect. I have been out of hockey almost this entire season because, again, MSG got dropped from Comcast, so I couldn't watch any of the Rangers regular season games easily and just chose not to. Um, so I have no idea how the lightning have been doing this year. I'd imagine very good, um, since they're here again, uh, shockingly third in their division this season, which was, it's just interesting. Um, but the Leafs are out of it <laughs> as they fucking usually are. Um, and the Panthers again, just got their, their, their butthole just split wide open for a nice, easy Tampa Bay lightning entrance again, happy pride month. Um, and uh, I really, I'm so interested to see how these two teams stack up. I think, again, the Rangers showed really good defensive prowess, and obviously Igor Shosturkin being a really uh, hot goal miner, I think will probably be uh, present a challenge for a Tampa Bay offense that was able to put up some good numbers against uh, the Florida Panthers. And um, 
Rangers have a good chance, uh, are great at seizing their opportunities as they arise. But uh, hey, who fucking knows, man? This is this is anybody's fucking game. I'm so excited. Yeah. Who are you going to be rooting for? Uh, Chris Kreider. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. How many Our goals did you finish with in the regular season? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say like 52, but let me look. Hold on. I have their page up. Chris Kreider. Uh, am I on the right page? I don't know. Oh, uh, there it is. Uh, Chris Kreider, 52. 52 goals. Led the team by a lot. By a whole lot. Led the team by 23 goals. <laughs> That's impressive. He led the team by more goals than Artemi Panarin scored all year. <laughs> That's actually uh, concerning. I mean, Panarin was never a goal first guy but at the same time that's yeah which is why Panarin had 74 assists <laughs> yeah wow I forgot already that Austin Matthews had 60 goals <sighs> it's stupid fucking stupid hmm. anyway uh, turning our attention then over to baseball uh uh, Tommy Pham slapped Jack Peterson in the face over a dispute in fantasy football. Um, apparently, they are in a group chat together, and Jack Peterson made like some kind of comment about uh, the Padres or the Reds. It made a comment about Tommy Pham, essentially, or whatever team he's playing on. I kind of forget, and I don't really care, but it's funny. Uh, it made the news again today because Mike Trout is the commissioner of that fantasy football league that fam and Peterson are, are both in. And um, it's fantasy baseball. No, it's fantasy football. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which makes it even funnier because it is the NFL off season. Yeah. There is no active fantasy football that they really could be arguing about. And yet they are. So Yeah. Um, man, this is kind of amazing. This is, this is delightful. I have to say, um, people are really deriding Tommy fam and like, yeah, he shouldn't slap people, but also as an outside person with no stakes, it's fucking hilarious. As someone who was a fan of Tommy fam, when You're a he fan was fam? The pot. yeah, I heard it when I said it. Yeah. I I fucking hate this and I really am hating him. Just it's such a bullshit excuse and bullshit reason to argue why, you know, this was deserved. You fucking slapped another grown ass man in the face on a baseball field over a fucking essentially video game. Who like, who did he threaten to fight? At the beginning of the season, remember he said like one of my friends owns a gym. Uh, yeah. Um, oh fuck! It was somebody like ridiculous. Um, I'm looking it up. Uh, Luke Voigt. <laughs> was it really? 
Yeah. Wow, that's hilarious. Over a controversial collision at home. Like Tommy, oh, I get right, right, right. Yeah. I get that you've had eye issues your entire life, but even you have to be able to see that you're in the wrong on this. Like you're the asshole, bud. Honestly, though, like, all right, look, this is this is a very controversial but um measured point I'm gonna try to make, which is Tommy Fam seems like a bad guy. But Tommy Pham is amazing for baseball. Is he? Yes. Wild card heel pieces of shit are beloved. Otherwise, no one would watch reality TV. I mean, I I get that it's beloved, but is that actually good for baseball? There's no bad press. <sighs> So that's a Trevor Bauer. No, he did something bad. So he did. Look, some, do no, not do no, not. Trevor think did this something wildly illegal, wildly illegal. <laughs> like, dude, not even close. You we're not even going to let me get in the first three words of the sentence of me saying, do not even attempt to try and like say that this is me comparing the two things. But it's not like this is just like a, a fun-hearted pa- prank of like, oh, a fucking cream pie just like threw it in your face. Ha ha. Of cream pieing people. Yeah. Yeah. I am. And I'll I, do it again. Look, look, look. It's light assault. <laughs> Mild. Uh it's if this wasn't over something as utterly fucking stupid as fantasy football, you would be up in arms about it. But because it's funny, you're like, eh, let it play. Like, he deserves his suspensions, and if it ends up leading down a road where he has to get removed from baseball, I think that's probably the right thing to do. But this is also objectively (laughs) hilarious. Uh, he he slapped Jock Peterson in the face in the offseason of the NFL over a meme he sent in a fantasy football group chat that wasn't even actually about fantasy football. And Mike Trout had to answer for it in a press conference. Corwin, this is objectively fucking hilarious. Tried to argue and you just spell it out like that. Like, and it's lasted over a week. It's lasted for so long. Mike Trout got his ass beat yesterday by the Yankees in New York. And one of the first questions he got asked was, are you going to step down as the fantasy football commissioner for your league? You know, the the point that we're it's really amazing. Glossing, the, the point that we're really glossing over here is that it wasn't just fantasy football. It was also about also about memes that Jock Peterson was sending in their group chat. And having seen the meme, it was fucking hilarious. It was. And spot on. It was. You are just clipping so bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the 
image, the video of Jacques just like solemnly just like holding up his phone to reporters and showing them the meme of just like, yeah, like this is this is what I sent. And I guess, you know, he just he just didn't find it funny. Also, with that fucking, fucking with that fucking like peanuts ass Looney Tunes ass outfit he was wearing. No, fuck the outfit, the hair. And the mustache the is ridiculous. The, everything he, about it. He looks like an animated character is drawn. Yeah. And like his head is like slightly too round to be real looking. It's like it, he looks like he could be adult Caillou. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's not a good look. It's not superstar athlete, adult Caillou. Not not really what you should be going for. That's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, Tommy Pham is in the wrong here, but also this level of just sheer absurdity has to be good for the sport in a in a, in a weird kind of way. I cannot wait for when the Reds and Giants play each other again, and I can't wait for Tommy Pham to get plunked, and instead of charging the mound he immediately charges into the outfield to attack jock peterson is just 98 on the ass and just starts charging out the pitcher gets all defensive he gets all scared and he just sprints past him to charge jock peterson it's going to be amazing see now you're getting into it now you see my point (laughs) I want to know. I'm releasing the internal curmudgeon that I'm holding on to. The real question is, (laughs) what did Mike Trout say to them today after he got asked that in a press conference? Because, you know, as as not worked up as Mike Trout gets, he definitely had to, like, reach out to Jock and Tommy and be like, guys, guys, I'm not fucking doing this. Okay, knock it the fuck off. I just want to talk about the weather. And baseball, please stop this. You motherfuckers. I am Mike fucking Trout, and I have to talk about this stupid fucking league. God damn it, Tommy Pham. You drafted Nick Foles. You know what's even better? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) If I was him, I would go, look, listen here, you piece of shit. Next guy to make the fucking news, losing a draft pick. All right. I don't want to hear about it. Make another point. I'm dropping someone from your team. (laughs) Whoever fucking makes the next headline is drafting Plaxico fucking Burris in the first round. Your starting quarterback has to be Mitch Trubisky. I don't care if he's not starting. He's starting on your team. You have no idea how much I regret spending $20 on a novelty Mitch Trubisky t-shirt this (laughs) offseason. $20 well spent. Honestly, it's a funny shirt. I just wish it was more comfortable because I'd still rock it all the time. Just gotta love kissing titties, I guess. Kissing titties are nice. They're great. I very much enjoy them. Just like every adult man in the history of the world. And every adult woman. Everyone loves titties. It's true. Titties have no enemy. There's nobody there's nobody uh, out there like, ah, tits. Ugh. T- Breast cancer, huge enemy of the breast. Yeah, that's not a person. It's not like breast cancer is mm. out there like, I'm going to win this one. Mm. 
I need a, a Mac from Always Sunny. Science can be a liar, liar sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I always come out on and then just throw a bitch up on the face of some cancer doctor. Yeah. Those classic cancer doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. So la- last thing, I guess, before we uh, we skedaddle on out of here, because, you know, got to get ready to watch the game. Um, Mike Rizzo, who is the GM for the Washington Nationals, has done probably what we could say is a fairly good job since the Nationals have won a World Series in the last five years, which most teams obviously can't say. Um, has had has had to say because people keep speculating on it, that the Nationals have no intention of trading Juan Soto. Now, I think the reason he has to say that, that the, or that this rumor has gotten so large, I should say, um, is probably less because it's realistic. And it, in, in any capacity, it's realism of happening. And more so because it's a fun thought experiment. Like, obviously, we all know, like, the Yankees are not going to, tr- no team is going to put together a suitable package for Juan Soto. But it is an interesting thought experiment for your team's active roster and the quality of your prospects to say to yourself, okay, well, if I am trading for a top five player in baseball using my team's current depth chart and prospect rankings, what does that look like? That's an interesting conversation to have because some people are going to be like, no, 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 that's too much. No, that's not enough. That guy we want to keep because of his potential in our system. This guy is log jammed. Like there's conversations to be had as derivatives from that thought exercise, mm-hmm. but none of them are real. He's never, he's never going to get traded. Not in this situation. Like Watson has two RBers left. So if we think about it like this, do you agree Juan Soto top five player in baseball or is that too mean too too generous? Uh, I'm top trying. 10? No, I'm trying to think of five players better than him. And uh, I don't know, like position players wise. I don't know if I could name five. Oh, if we're keeping his position players, definitely top five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yep. Because the way I think about it, I want to hear how you think about him. He has two arbiters left. So he's under team control. So if you were going to put together a package for Juan Soto with no team control, like it's his last year, that package still has to be tremendous. Because while if the Nationals have no inclination to extend him, they probably should trade him at some point. Um, But if they have no inclination to extend him, then you're still getting what a top five player, like, like you're not going to get a top five player in baseball for peanuts. It's not going to happen. So you're going to have to go. Like, you ton. see the kind of like the Padres gave up real prospects for Adam, Adam Frazier yeah. on an expiring deal. You know, you see it every year where like good players get traded for, you know, a postseason push one or two guys that could make a difference, a closer here, reliever there. And it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, well, that's not even close to fair value, but that's what you have to do to get those kind of players. And that was off the back of a single all-star season from Adam Frazier, which was that current season. That was it. Ooh, 
smart choice. Granted, he was relatively cheap, but at the same, you know, the point is made. Right. When you start tacking team control into that, the team control is so incredibly much value. It is so much value. And for that team control to, it's like, it's like an, it, it's not a multiplier. It's an exponent in a lot of cases. And when that base number is Juan Soto, the, the exponential increase is so much larger. If it's two years of control on a reliever, okay. Like relievers get dealt all the time. It doesn't, it, they come and go such as life. No one's bullpen looks the same year to year. They are the pawns of the baseball world. Truly. They get exchanged constantly. Yeah. All-star talent. All-star talents. Yeah. They, they still get traded. Anthony Rizzo got traded to the Yankees. Joe Gallo got traded to the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like, like that shit happens all the time. Uh, Robinson Cano got traded to the Mets some time ago. Like this shit happens, you know, not nearly as much, but it happens in their MVP years. MVP candidates, MVP caliber players, they don't get dealt a lot. Robinson Cano was making an insane amount of money, was like 36 years old, and got traded for the top closer in baseball. Well, I'll say top three closer in baseball at the time and one of the top 10 prospects in baseball. This is Juan fucking Soto at like what twenty three years old, yeah, two RB years, and and that's exactly because and if you think about it even further, no team would ever, not even just the Nationals who aren't horribly good right now, no team would do it because that's a guy that you put pieces around. So in two years, the Nationals might be in a position roster wise or financially to be like, all right. Let's fucking do it. Like, they're not giving up. They're not trying to bottom out right now. They don't need to. They're already bad enough as it is, and they don't have to because they're not spending a fortune on payroll because they're not actively. If he had two years left on like a Giancarlo Stanton style deal where it was like, you know, $30 million a year and we don't want the budget to be that much, like maybe there's a conversation there. Arb years? No fucking chance. Do you think there is a single other player in baseball that would be traded for Juan Soto right now? Actually, no, it'd be an interesting trade. I don't. There, no, it would be an interesting trade because there'd be no reason. I was going to say, if the Yankees truly have no dream of extending Judge, they could trade him to the Nationals for Juan Soto, which would be interesting. But the Nationals would never do it because then they'd have to pay have, half a half a season of Judge and then pay him. It wouldn't make any sense, right? Like. The player that obviously came to mind was Mike Trout, but his contract is an albatross. It's it's as big as you can get. And even then, it's like, yes, you're getting Mike Trout, and the image of your team would be forever altered because you're trading for the best player in baseball history. But the Nationals have a guy who is being paid peanuts in comp- by comparison at this point in their careers, probably equal value on the field. Let's say even 75% of his value, even 75 at, at what? 
10% of his money, if yeah. not less, less, I think. And they've already shown that they don't really care about having a face of baseball type player playing for them. They've had two of them back to back that they are seemingly very open to not having on their team. Talking Harper and Scherzer? Uh, Harper, Scherzer, and Juan Soto. Okay, okay gotcha. Uh, uh, half Scherzer because he was old, half Juan Soto because they actually aren't trying to get rid of him. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, because that, and that's the thing is if the Nationals were to trade away Soto, it wouldn't just like it's not smart because that also delays their ability to be a better team. Like if the Nationals were to trade away Juan Soto, they were all they're essentially also saying we're bad now. We're planning on being worse, and we're also not planning on being good for a very long time. And that doesn't make any sense. Like when Manny Machado got traded to the Dodgers, that was a signal of the end of the Orioles run. Because once you got rid of him, they had a bunch of pretty good role fillers. And, you know, there were some like good pieces there, but he was the guy. They weren't extending him. It was the last year of his contract. Um, there, no one could elevate. No one could take his spot. There wasn't a guy. There wasn't a guy that could take. Yeah, there was Chris Davis, baby. Crush Davis. Um, yeah. So for the Orioles, like it, it was a different situation. For, Can we for the appreciate Nationals, that there were two Chris Davises, both nicknamed Crush Davis? One with a C, one with a K, baby. <laughs> um. Two, four, seven, may it live in infamy. <laughs> oh, God, that was so exciting. Every year, bold prediction of, yeah, Chris Davis is going to hit for two, 247. That's two, just the way it is. Two years in a row, it's insane. <laughs> but for the Nationals, so like, they're already bad, but they have this inherent ability to be able to be so much better so fast because they have Juan Soto in the wings. And I know that the perception of how long it takes to get good again is a little bit warped because of how long the Orioles stretch of tanking has been, how long the Royals have been bad for, how long the Tigers have been bad for, but there can be relatively quick turnarounds like what the Astros did going from a hundred losing season to a hundred win season for one. He hit for two forty-seven four straight seasons. Was it four? Oh my god! In the season leading into the streak, he bat two forty-four. I know. Oh, I knew there was another wacky one. I thought it was after, though. I love him so much. Um, but for like the ultimate goal of every team, including bad teams like the Marlins and the Orioles and the Tigers, their goal is to eventually be good. They just don't care to do it very fast, and we'll kind of let that happen almost like organically, like an ecosystem flourishing in a bottle. Um, but the Nationals want to win. They've given out big contracts in the very recent past. They'll keep guys around. They will want to win again relatively soon, and doing that without a Juan Soto guy, or in this case, literal actual Juan Soto, it's shooting themselves in the foot. They would end up, we've made this point so many times in the show, they would end up spending more money in free agency to plug the six-win six win above replacement gap that they'd be losing with Juan Soto than they would actually would by just 
paying Juan Soto what he wants. Like, you know, what's cheaper than spending $32 million on a guy who's going to get you six to eight war a year. Cause he's so stupid. Good spending $40 million on like five guys that is going to get you hopefully the same six to eight war, which is what's going to happen with baseball contracts. You're not getting, you're not getting a cheap, stupid replacement dude for less than $10 million a year anymore. Oh, that's might be a little bit generous, probably more like eight. You know, if you're getting a guy who's worth reliably two or three war, you're paying at least 8 million bucks a year to that dude. So yeah, I, there's no logical reason for him to, unlike Bryce Harper, there was a reason to move on from Bryce Harper at the end of his contract. I maintain that yeah. this, I don't see any practical reason for it. Uh, no, this would be a just franchise altering mistake. I know that there are not many, there are not many, there's not much room to fall for the nationals over the past couple of years. They've, they've taken a serious turn for the worse, but this would be a terrible drop. You know what's going to be interesting? What's going to be interesting is when we start talking about what a potential Juan Soto extension will be after we see what judge gets. Yeah. Because judge is killing it right now, but he's also a lot older. So if he ends up getting 30 to $35 million a year, you got to wonder if Soto is going to beat that by a good margin because of the colossal age difference. I would assume most definitely. And then it's like, what does it even look like? You know, the more I think about it, the more I think, there is definitely a trade that could come about that would make me say, you know what? I could totally trade this player. I could absolutely trade Juan Soto for a King's ransom because of how much fucking value he would bring in would be astronomical. Would be utterly like, would you trade Juan Soto for like to the Dodgers for their top five prospects? And I don't know, like pick like two players on their starting roster, a pitcher and a, a hitter. That's the thing. Prob- honestly, probably. But right, the Dodgers up. would never do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they'd be hurting themselves so much. But they have so much depth already. Why not just say, fuck it? They're the Dodgers. They'll make it work. That's the thing. I don't think that they would. Because we're talking to such a degree of like a of cumulative value from so many players, you would have to really fuck up your farm. And granted, farm system players are lottery picks. Like we all know that. Even the best, most touted prospects are still lottery picks. Look at Jared Kelnick. But at the end of the day, some lottery picks have better odds than others. I'm not sure the Dodgers with so much money on their books for so long and a lot of their players kind of aging to a certain point would want to do that. And I think that's true of a lot of teams that have the personnel and financial capital to potentially make a move like that. Honestly, the, uh, the Dodgers also don't have a crazy uh, front loaded uh, group of prospects either. At least well, compared to what they're recently. used to. Yeah. Especially, especially a lot of, of like the, uh, 
the Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz trade that they made with the Nationals last year for uh, Trey Turner and uh, oh fuck it was Trey Turner and who there was a second guy in that trade wasn't there Trey Turner oh my god who was the fucking oh my ah damn it hold on yeah I know there was a second piece, but I can't think. Oh, it was fucking Scherzer. Duh. God damn it. I'm an idiot. We are idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and those two guys, those were two pretty high up their prospects for the Dodgers. So that, that was a big trade right there. Do you think Juan Soto gets traded this year? No. I think every passing year, there is not an extension. The odds of a trade increase. I think that's universally true. I don't think that's just true of the Nationals with Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can revisit this next year. But I also I can't imagine he gets traded. No, I don't, I don't think he will either. I think he signs an extension. All right. Well, then I guess uh, we can leave this here for today. Um, you good? I'm good. All right. Well, uh, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juice and Pod. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at Juice and the Numbers at gmail.com. If like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Hallett. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And until Monday, you all have a good one. Bye.